This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm, and Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Businessmen with assets in the British Virgin Islands and U.S. Virgin Islands puts up $500,000 corporate security bond for former BVI Premier Andrew Foy. Caribbean leaders meet U.S. President Biden and Vice President Harris on climate, economy, and food security. Cuba holds traditional Chinese medicine expo. Jamaica elected as vice president of the 77th United Nations General Assembly. Fifth Haitian judge nominated to oversee President Moise's assassination probe. And Caribbean residency program offers foreign workers chance to soak up Caribbean sun. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, June 13th. We start a report today in the Virgin Islands. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that U.S. Virgin Islands businessman Albion Bobby Hodge has reportedly stepped forward to underwriting the $500,000 corporate security bond that former BVI Premier Andrew Foy needs it a part of his $1 million bail amount. Hodge, who stated that he is a childhood acquaintance of Foy, has dual citizenship in the United Kingdom and the United States. Hodge provided the court with a list of several businesses that he owns, both in the British Virgin Islands and the U.S. Virgin Islands, including the CSY Marina, a Hertz rental car franchise, two hospitality properties in Cane Garden Bay, Tortola, and a company that owns at least six of the ferries used by road Town Fast Ferry Services Limited, as well as other assets. Hodge, who filed documents with the court as a part of the process, estimates his net worth at more than $30 million. The funds used for the corporate security bond are subject to a Nibia hearing. If accepted, Foy will be closer to being released from the detention facility in Miami, where he had been held since his arrest in April on drug trafficking and money laundering charges. Foy's trial date is set for July 18th. St. Lucia Times reports that the Ninth Summit of the Americas concluded last Friday in Los Angeles, California, with new commitments to climate adaptation, clean energy, and food security. Both U.S. President Biden and Vice President Harris met with CARICOM members and U.S. Secretary of State Bilkin. President Biden explained, there's a lot that I think we can do and should do. This is a partnership. My intention is to intensify the relationship with the Caribbean, and I mean that sincerely. You're critically important to us in every way, and I hope we're important to you. U.S. and CARICOM leaders discuss Vice President Harris's announcement of the U.S.-Caribbean Partnership to Address the Climate Crisis, or PAC 2030. The new initiative will elevate U.S. cooperation with Caribbean countries to support climate adaptation, strengthen energy security, and accelerate the transition to clean energy, while building the resilience of critical infrastructure and local economies to the climate crisis. PAC 2030 specifically focuses 
focuses on improving access to development financing, a priority for the region. The announcement of the PAC-30 followed President Biden's launch earlier in the week of the America's Partnership for Economic Prosperity, a historic new agreement to drive the hemisphere's economic recovery and growth. HeadyNews.net by Voice of America reports that U.S. President Joe Biden, along with other Western Hemisphere leaders, unveiled a host of measures to confront migration despite division over Biden's invitation list at their summit in Los Angeles, California last week. The agreement on the Los Angeles Declaration came last Friday on the final day of the summit of the Americas. The leaders of Mexico, Guatemala, and Honduras skipped the summit over Biden administration's decision to exclude Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Biden said on Friday that 20 nations signed up to take part in the Los Angeles Declaration, which he said is transforming our approach to managing migration in the Americas. The declaration includes a series of measures related to migration, including increasing guest worker programs, providing aid to communities most affected by migration, and implementing humane border management. It includes commitments by nations across the Americas, including a plan for Mexico to increase worker visas for for Guatemalans and for Costa Rica to extend protections for Cubans, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans. Biden said part of the action the United States is taking is a campaign to disrupt human smuggling across the region. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security began anti-smuggling campaign two months ago, allocating $50 million for the program, along with more than 1,300 personnel throughout the region, according to the U.S. White House. The president said the United States is also providing over $300 million to countries hosting refugees and migrants. Bahamanews.net by Chinua News reports that Cuba held a traditional Chinese medicine expo during the Chinese Culture Week at the University of Havana last week. Organized by Havana's Confucius Institute, the outdoor event gathered university students, experts, doctors, and everyday Cubans. Yerbelis Rosell, director of the Confucius Institute, said that the expo was aimed at expanding knowledge about the traditional Chinese medicine across the country and improving the work links between scientific institutions. The research on traditional Chinese medicine has a paramount priority for our staff and students, she said. We strongly believe that there are many topics we can still examine and many things we can learn from the Chinese culture. The Expo featured exhibitions, massage sessions, and acupuncture workshops. Evelyn Gonzalez, president of the Cuban Society of Bioengenetic and Naturalist Medicine, told Chinua that traditional Chinese medicine practices have been very useful for the treatment of many diseases affecting the island's population. At present, traditional Chinese medicine is integrated into the public health system in Cuba, from neighborhood doctors' offices to mainstream hospitals, according to Johan Perdomo, head of the Department of Natural and Traditional Medicine at the Cuban Ministry of Health. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that Haiti's government has nominated a fifth judge to oversee the investigation into the killing of Haitian President Jovenel Moise. The report states that it's not clear whether Judge Walter Wesser Voler will accept the nomination. 
Wessler's appointment comes as the investigation into the July 7, 2021 shooting at the former president's private home stalls amid a high turnover of judges. The previous nominee, Judge Shabnes Ithian, told the Associated Press in February that his family was pressuring him not to take the case because they feared for his life. More than 40 suspects have been arrested in the slain, including at least 18 Colombian soldiers and 20 Haitian police officers as the investigation continues. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica has been elected as one of three vice presidents of the 77th session of the United Nations General Assembly from the group of Latin America and Caribbean states. Jamaica will be represented by Mr. Brian Wallace, ambassador and permanent representative of Jamaica to the United Nations, New York, and by Jamaica's Minister of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade during the high-level segment of the 77th session in September 2022. As Vice President Ambassador Wallace, under the direction and guidance of the Minister of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade, will work alongside the UN General Committee and other Secretariat officials to ensure the smooth functioning and deliberations of the UN General Assembly throughout the upcoming 77th session. He will work also alongside the President of the General Assembly to assist with the discharge of his official duties as required. Ambassador Wallace is supported by a team of four diplomats at the mission, as well as the Multilateral Affairs Division at the Ministry. The Ambassador of Hungary has been elected as President of the General Assembly for the 77th session, which runs from September 2022 to September 2023. There are 21 Vice Presidents across all regions. The Center for Biological Diversity said in an issued statement that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineer received a notice letter today warning that its dredging project to expand the San Juan Bay Shipping Channel in Puerto Rico violates the Endangered Species Act. The project would permit the passage of mega vessels carrying liquefied natural gas. The statement says today's legal notice from climate and conservation groups says the Army Corps will face a lawsuit for failing to consider the full scope of the project's harm. Those harm range from the dredging itself, which can suck up sea turtles and smothered corals, to the impacts of liquefied gas imports on people and the climate. According to the release, the Corps failed to prepare an environmental impact statement and fragmented the project into separate pieces, including the ocean dumping of dredged spoils. The Center for Biological Diversity is a national nonprofit conservation organization with more than 1.7 million members and online activists dedicated to the protection of endangered species and wild places. The Sinkitz Nevis Observer reports that several Caribbean countries have announced residency programs for remote workers, enabling them to live and work there for an extended period of time. The island of Dominica will allow remote workers to stay up for 18 months. Applicants must earn an income of $50,000 or more, and the visa costs $800 or $1,200 for families. The Bahamas has introduced an extended access travel stay program 
program that allows staff and students to work and study remotely from any of the country's 16 islands for up to a year. Barbados has planned a 12-month Barbados welcome stamp that would allow anyone earning $50,000 or more to work remotely from the island, while the Cayman Islands has formed up a new global citizenship concierge program that allows non-residents to work there for up to two years. In addition, Anguilla plans to welcome remote workers on year-long visas as it reopens to travelers post-lockdown. Anyone who wants to stay between three months to a year must pay a fee of $2,000 or $3,000 for a family of four. Now Grenada reports that the Grenada Tourism Authority is pleased to announce that the Memorandum of Understanding between the Government of Grenada and the Royal Caribbean Group has been signed, bringing the cruise company and the Government of Grenada together to create employment opportunities for Grenadians. This includes hosting a large-scale job recruitment drive. This partnership supports expanding employment opportunities for qualified Grenadians to work on cruise ships operated by Royal Caribbean Group as the company seeks to generate opportunities for employing a high-quality workforce from the Caribbean region. In related news, Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's Ministry of Tourism is looking to tap into the local labor force to identify, recruit, and deploy at least 10,000 of 90,000 workers required in the global cruise industry. Jamaica's portfolio manager, Edmund Bartlett, said the demand stems from a shortage of workers by the COVID-19 pandemic's disruption of tourism activities worldwide, which resulted in a reduction in the number of persons employed in the sector. And finally, Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's cricket incubator program aimed at unearthing a new generation of players will be expanded. Jamaica's Minister of Culture, Gender, Entertainment and Sports, Olivia Grange, said the Jamaican government, through the Sports Development Foundation, will invest $15 million into 120 schools to spot and nurture talent for the national program. She said the initiative involves partnerships with the Jamaica Cricket Association, Institute of Sports, the Sports Development Foundation, and the Ministry of Education and Youth. Under the partnership, students will be exposed to batting, bowling, and catching during the first three years of primary school, after which, leading into high school, they will focus on other techniques and playing matches. She said that InSports is also expanding its summer camp this year with the introduction of ice hockey in collaboration with the Jamaica Ice Hockey Federation. Ms. Grange noted that the current program has seen the recent introduction of chess, golf, and surfing to inner-city youths. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, June 13th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.